Exodus 15, verses 20 and 21. Exodus 15, verses 20 and 21. Sister B mentioned it on Wednesday night when she was teaching Bible study. I'll say it again. I love the sound of the pages of the Bibles turning in the church. There's, I know it's up there. I know it can be on here, but there's nothing like this right here. Amen. Verse 20 says, Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. I love the part here where it says that Miriam took the timbrel in her hand, better known as us today, a tambourine in her hand. She took it in her hand and all the women went out with her with the timbrels and with dance. And they worship the Lord together. They worship the Lord together. I'll go ahead and help the praise team out. Go ahead and keep that song. That's where we're going to go right back to that. Um, because I believe that today, the Lord has already done a work. But I believe that in this, after this message and in the altar call, that the Lord is going to continue to do a work in somebody. And it's not going to be through us coming and begging and pleading with God to do something. But it is simply going to be through our praise, through our dance, through our worship, that God is going to work on behalf of his people this morning. I believe that. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise all over this place. Come on, give him a shout of worship this morning. Hallelujah. stand here shortly. Amen. I've come to tell you this morning that the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Amen. Amen. But I have also come to tell you this morning that don't get too excited and think that we simply get to kick back and do nothing when the battle comes. But now is the time for the true worshipers to worship in spirit and in truth. And it's time for the church to stand firm for what we believe in as well. It is time that we stand up for what is right. And I'm not here to tell you this morning, I'm not talking about, um, we, we get so caught up in the things of the world right now that's going on. And, and when we stand up for what is right, we don't have to be ugly when you stand up for what is right but you stand on things that are firm and that have not moved from the beginning of time. And when you stand on the word of God, his, the word tells us that he's, it's never going to change. It is what it is. 
that we understand the infallible word of God, that it is the breathed word of God, that this is God's word. It's not going to change. So if you're going to stand on something in this hour, I, I suggest that you stand on the word of God. is in this hour that I, I don't tell you and I never have as a pastor to, to get into politics too much or tell you how to vote, but as your pastor, I'm gonna share with you that, that what God has spoken, that it is now in this hour that the church, his church, we need to quit worrying about so much of what's going on in the world and we are so easily stirred at times with the, the political atmosphere that is around us and I, I, the Lord spoke it very clear to me. I want to say it today that the church in this hour, his church in this hour, needs to be less political and more biblical. Amen. Amen. I don't really care what politicians say. I don't care what the news reporters say. Uh, I, I know the news reporters are in the newspaper. If, if anybody still get the newspaper, you still read the newspaper. Uh, it's printed in black and white. There's no gray area there. It's printed in black and white, but I want to remind you this morning that so is God's word. Amen. The newspaper changes every day, but God's word never changes. Amen. So what does the word of God say in this hour, in this year that we're living here in 2023? God's word is saying, stand upon me and I will fight for you. Worship the Lord and I will fight for you. It also tells me that sin is still sin. That wrong is still wrong, right is still right, God is still God, and his ways are still the right ways. And his word is still the ultimate authority in this world, no matter who reigns, no matter who sits in what office. God fights battles of those who align their lives with his word, not those who align their lives with the world. You see, there's a spiritual battle taking place in this world. It is not just amongst men. This is a spiritual battle that is taking place. And God is, God is not on the side of those who live by man's opinion or their own opinions. But victory is coming to those who will stand on his word and refuse to move. And in the midst of it all, say, you will not rob me of my praise. You will not rob me of my worship because this battle is not mine. and It's the Lord's. And this is how I fight my battle. This is how the church fights its battle. How does the church fight against what's going on? We come together on a Sunday morning and we begin to magnify the Lord together and God sweeps into a service and begins to operate through you and in you. That's how we fight. That's how we fight. Exodus 12, verse 29 to 34, and I will share with you my title before I go any further. And it's a very simple title. It is Miriam New. Miriam New. Exodus 29, or 12, 29 34. We find here in verse 29, it says, And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night and he, all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead. 
Verse 31, then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds, and as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. Everybody say, in a hurry. They were saying, hurry up and get out of here before anything else happens to us. For they said, we, the Egyptians said, we shall all be dead. The fear of the Lord set upon them. And they realized we're not just dealing with people. They realized that God was fighting the battle of the Israelites. This was not man against man, but this was now man against God. Verse 34, so the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Simply put, they were in a hurry. If you had one thing that you could grab out of your house, if someone told you, you got one more chance to go in, you've got five minutes, you've got to hurry up and get in and get out, what would you grab? What is it, what's that prized possession that's in your house? I know all of you right now are taking inventory of your home in your heads and you're thinking, I I don't know. Some of you might know. Some of you might know exactly where you would go, exactly what you would grab. I know probably most of the, the kids in here are probably thinking my PS4 because, or my PS5, whatever you have, that, or my Xbox, that you know, I would have to have that. Or uh, there's probably a lot of people that would probably say, well, I'd have to make sure I have my cell phone on me. Um, yeah, I, there, there's a lot of things I think a lot of people would grab. But they were in a hurry. They didn't have, they didn't have time to go in and, and grab everything. But they said, you have time to go grab what you can and get out. Now, I know there's probably some men in this place. The first place you would go would probably to your gun safe. And, and, one, and it might be a logical thing to think of because you might be heading in there to think, you know what, I, I, just in case, I don't know what's going to happen, I, I might want to go and make sure that I have protection on me. Right? Just in case somebody comes against my family, I want to make sure I have protection. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I think it's probably safe to say that there were plenty of swords that were taken and grabbed in that moment on their way out the door. But they could grab anything they wanted. They didn't have time to pack up all their belongings. They did not have time to back up the, the, the U-Haul they didn't have time to, to, to back it up to the house and say, you know, we've got about four or five hours. Let's pack it up. And let's, let's put everything we can and let's fit it in here. They didn't pack up the wagon and the donkey. They didn't have time for that. They said, make haste. Get out of here. Get away from us. But they had to take what was most important to them. They had to take what would be most useful to them on their journey, their journey to the promise that God had set before them. And we find ourselves here in, 
Exodus 12, verse 35 through 40, and it says that now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked the Egyptians uh, articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Isn't it funny how quick that can turn around? That your enemy that is coming against you and that is trying to suppress you and try to push you back and hold you down, that in an instant, that when God gets involved, that it gets flipped, turn around, and now you're telling them what to give you. That's the God we serve. That quick. And the Lord had given them favor. He had given them favor. Verse 37, then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to, to uh, Sukkoth and above 600,000 men on foot besides children. A mixed multitude went up with them also and the flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. It says that they baked unleavened cakes of dough which they had brought out of Egypt with them. For it was not leaven because they were driven out of Egypt. They were told to go quickly and could not wait, nor they prepared provisions for themselves. How quickly they had to get out. They were in captivity for so long. They could not do anything unless the Egyptians said so, but so quickly it turned around for them. Now it is, please get out of here. Take our silver, take our gold, take our clothing, take our belongings, whatever you want, take it with you. So a lot of the stuff you got to think about, they didn't have a whole lot of time to pack their own stuff up, but they were actually plundering and taking from the Egyptians uh, what they needed. There was a lot of stuff left behind still, though. They had to rush in in a hurry and grab a bag. And I'm sure they looked just like this bag back then, handcrafted. Just like this. Yep. This is an ancient bag. Not really. But they grabbed their bags and they tossed everything they could toss inside of it. Everything they could hurry up and get to. And as they're heading out, that sword gets tossed in just in case. And they say, okay, we got to go. Kids, hurry up. Grab what you can because we've been set free. We don't have to stay here anymore. Kids, we get to head towards the promised land. Let's go. Get your stuff. Oh, don't worry about that. There'll be better things ahead of us. We'll, we'll get new things. It's all right. Don't worry about it. God's going to provide for us. Don't you worry. Let's just grab the essentials and let's go. Let's go, we'll just trust in God and believe in God that he'll take care of it from here. Don't, don't, you, don't you worry about it, it's all right. It's gonna be okay. Let's load up and head out. And we jump to chapter 14 and we, we see here in chapter 14 that it says, now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, God is, God's always speaking in a situation like this. And he's saying here that we'll, we'll jump to verse three. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. And, and, and then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. So hold up, Lord, I'm sorry. You just set us free. <laughs> what, what are you saying? 
No, I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. I wanted to tell somebody this morning. Had a conversation with somebody yesterday. I want to say this again. Is that every time, every time you turn the corner and you think you run into a devil, I want you to understand that every single battle you face is not from hell. It might be ordered of God for him to get glory and for you to be reminded how powerful he is. Because sometimes when we walk with him day in and day out, we can almost become numb to how powerful God is. But there are times that God allows things to take place in our life. That there are times that he might push back the hedge of protection a little bit to let the enemy into your situation. And you think, God, why are you doing this? God, why, God, why, or, 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 God, why are you letting the enemy? Or, or you're just saying, Satan got me again. The devil made me do it. Anyone ever said that one? It's just Satan. Satan made me do it. No, he didn't. He just set the trap. You stepped in it sometimes. But there are some times that God allows him to set the trap because God's wanting to remind us who he is. Now it was told to the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us? It was an aha moment like, well, that was dumb. What are we going to do now? Now we have to work. Now we got to do everything. So he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots and Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them camping by, uh, by the sea beside pi Haroth. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now I want to go back two verses real quick and want you to hear something. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. They had boldness. God has set us free. We are God's people. And then they look off in the distance and they see the enemy in the distance. And within two verses, their hearts are turned to fear and they're scared. Did God not just release you? God just released you, but now you're falling into fear. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt, the place where they were just set free from and they were worshiping and they were so excited and they plundered and they packed their bags and said, let's go to the promised land. Now they're saying, we want to go back. You brought us out here to die? Oh, how things change when we let our emotions drive us and not our spirit. And Moses said to the people, 
Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't say that. <laughs> Go find a prayer room. No, he didn't say that. He just simply said, Moses said, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. How powerful is that? What would change if we took that, if we took that approach to everything? Hey, calm down. Do not be afraid. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. I want to tell somebody today, stand still today in your situation that you've been fighting for a long time. Stand still today and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today before you leave this place. God will do it. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Keep moving. Don't just stop here. Keep going. But lift up your rod and stretch out the hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go over on dry ground through the, the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all of his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. The pillar of a cloud went before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp and the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud of darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other. You hearing this? What God will do for you? So that the one did not come near the other all that night. So even in the midst of your darkness, what God will use to give you light, he is actually using to blind your enemy. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were all a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued them and went after them into the midst of the sea, all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, in the morning watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels. What a move. So that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Did you not get that through the plagues? You see, that's why we're not talking about that, that they made this decision on their own. The Lord hardened their hearts. The Lord set them up in a trap. And then he released it to, to let them realize this was a dumb move. But... What got them there, their chariots, God enabled the chariots to allow them to get themselves out. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch your hand out over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians and on their chariots and their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. 
So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. When God does a work, he completes it. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on the right and the left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord. Catch that. What takes place when you just submit to what God's telling you to do? You will no longer fear your enemy, but you will fear the Lord who works and destroys your enemy for you. And they believed the Lord and his servant, Moses. They finally believed what Moses had to say for now. Let's jump to ver- uh, chapter 15. We're doing a lot of reading today, but we're in the word of God, so it's good reading. It says that Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, now imagine, picture this. So they just came out of captivity. The Lord sets them free. The Egyptians say, hurry up, pack your stuff, get out of here. Here, you can even have some of my silver, have some of my gold. You can have clothes, whatever you want. Take it and get out of here. We want you gone. And then the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart. They come after him. And the Egyptians, they, uh, the Israelites, they go from being bold and excited and look what God's doing for us. And here we are on dry ground. We look back. Now we're fearful because, oh, my Lord Moses, what did you do? Why did we even listen to you? Were you really hearing from God? You brought us out here to die. Were there no graves in Egypt? What in the world's going on? And then we understand they stand there and they watch they watch their enemy drown they watch God completely just annihilate them they're gone we don't have to deal with them anymore his whole army is gone so they get to the other side of the Red Sea and and I don't know about you but for me that would be a moment of rejoicing I'd be pretty excited and I, I, I might even it's not in here but I mean I'm just thinking for me I might even make my way to Moses and be like hey you know um Sorry for uh, not believing what you said. And, uh, and then, Lord, forgive me for not thinking you were going to get us through this. Uh, maybe a time of repentance on the other side. But then it came to a time of worship because look what God has done for me. They realized we didn't lift a finger, all we did was walk, all we did was obey. All we did was obey the voice of God. We, avoid, we obeyed the voice of God through the man of God. That's all we did. And now look what God has done for us. Yeah. Obedience is good. So we find here that Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and they spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. For the horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. 
Pharaoh's chariots and his armies he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. And your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy into pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, that you have overthrown those who rose against you and you have sent forth your wrath and it consumed them like stubble. And with a blast of your nostrils, Lord, the waters were gathered together and the floods stood upright in it like a heap in the depths that congealed in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue and I will overtake. I will divide the spoil and my desire shall be satisfied of them and I will draw my sword and my hand shall destroy them. You blew with the wind, God. The sea covered them and they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Man has things changed. This song is just coming out of them because they're so happy. They said, who is like you among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, God? You, you stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. And you in mercy, you have led forth the people whom you have redeemed, God, that you have guided them in your strength and to your holy habitation that the people will hear and be afraid and sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants. I mean, my goodness, they just, everything's just flowing out of them now. Everything's just flowing out of them. They say, verse 16, fear and dread will fall on them by the greatness of your arm. That they will be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountains and your inheritance in the place, O Lord, which you have made. That you are your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them but the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. What a song. What a victory shout. I'm glad to see that they didn't, they didn't cry out to the Lord in the midst of their, you know, oh God. You brought us here to die. Oh, Lord, you've kept us in captivity. I'm, I, I'm glad that they didn't get on the other side and get into their victory and just stay silent. There's something said that when you get on the other side of your battle, that you say, you know what, there's a time and a shout of victory that's inside me that has to come out. I can't hold it in. So you see that, that we, we, we got to look here, though. Just then we get to verse 20. Now here's where Miriam comes in. I want you to shout Miriam new. It says in verse 20, the song of Miriam. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with the timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. 
Now I ask you this question this morning. I'm almost done. Miriam had just a small amount of time to pack like everybody else. Miriam had to go in and grab her, her bag just like anybody else and pack up what she could. You could go in in this moment and you could say, you know what? I should probably grab me a book that will give me inspiration. I'll grab an inspirational book, Brother Alec, because you never know. If I get down the dumps, I could sit down and open me up a good book, read a little John Maxwell. It'll just pull you right out. Just, you know, if, if Mo, just in case Moses is calling on leaders, I should probably bring me some John Maxwell. Sit down. Anybody, you familiar with John Maxwell? Leadership guru, if you didn't know, just so it makes sense to you. Make today count. I could see that on the other side, Brother Donald. You know what? Make today count. It's even autographed by John Maxwell. I'll tell you, that's what you're going to pack. Because you want a word from John Maxwell on the other side. You could grab that. You could grab the sword, safety team. You grab that sword just in case. I better grab that sword just to make sure I'm safe and my family's safe just in case God doesn't come through. Just in case he doesn't take care of the enemy for me. I should probably grab that sword just in case we get into a fight or maybe just in case one of the other Israelites make me mad and I just got to take care of him. Just in case, just in case, you got to grab that. Oh, go get some silver and some gold. I don't have any of that in here if you're waiting. None of that. But I could probably, you know, I mean, probably not a bad idea. We are walking through the Red Sea. Just in case we do get a little wet, maybe grab a towel. Or maybe it's hot on the other side where the Chapman, you and I would probably need one of these. So we could actually live and not dr drown in our own sweat. <laughs> Grab a towel. Oh, no. Miriam gets to the other side. And we read that Miriam goes in in her haste and packs tambourines. Out of all the things you could have packed, Miriam, you grabbed a tambourine. That'll help you survive. She grabbed the tambourine. Okay. I'm sure there are probably some people that were walking along carrying their stuff. Like, we got this, we'll survive, this will help us survive. We got this, we got that, we got silver, we got gold. And Miriam, you got a, Miriam's got a tambourine. Marion brought a tambourine, guys. Could you imagine? Marion brought a tambourine. What did you say? Marion brought a tambourine. A tambourine? Yeah, Marion brought a tambourine. Yeah, go, go tell Moses. Marion brought a tambourine. She's all set. Marion's good. She'll survive. She's got this. Marion brought a tambourine. Gold, 
silver, clothing, bread, Mary brought tambourine. Why did Miriam bring the tambourine? Why bring an instrument of worship when you could take anything else? Was it a necessity? Yes. Here's why. We're going to go back to Exodus chapter 2, verses 2 through 9. If you're asking why in the world would this lady bring a tambourine? Here's why. Here's why. Verse two. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river or the river's banks. And his sister stood afar off with what would be done to see what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. Now, if you're not familiar, this is Moses we're talking about. And behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter. Now, let me give you just a little backstory real quick if you're not familiar with this, that there was a decree that went out that all of the male children to be killed, the babies had to be killed. They were trying to cut off the next generation of the Israelites. But his mother hid him, put him in this, they call a ark, a small ark. They put him in a basket and put him down the river. And Pharaoh's own daughter found him. And then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman that she may nurse the child for thee? And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. He was supposed to be dead. He was supposed to be killed. But God had a plan. And he had a faithful and obedient mother that followed the plan of God and the voice of God. So therefore, we see Moses end up in a different situation. You say, so, okay, hold on. Where where does Miriam come into this? Numbers 26, verse 59. And the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed the daughter of Levi, whom her mother bare to Levi in Egypt. And she bare unto Amram Aaron and Moses and Miriam, their sister. So again, why would she bring a tambourine? Because she had seen God do it before. And God had provided before. And God had saved before. 
and he made a way before. He rescued from the waters before. So in packing the bag to leave, she said, I can only take so much. I can only pack so much. It's gonna take up a lot of room. She said, but I gotta make sure I pack something that's gonna be worthwhile. What can I take in all inside the house? She said, you know what? I know what I need to take because I've seen God's hand work before. And when I watch God save my brother, I know, I know he's gonna save us again. So therefore, I'm gonna plan ahead and I'm gonna prepare an instrument of worship for the other side when it comes. You might not see your victory now, but you need to pack for it. You need to get ready for it. You need to pack your bag, not with the things of the world, but pack your bags with something you can praise God for. Come on, let's all stand, put your hands together this morning and magnify him. Come on, you gotta pack your bags. Will you pack it with the things of the world or will you pack it with the things of worship? Come on, because when we get to the other side, it's gonna be nothing but worship. It's gonna be nothing but worship in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's time, Miriam knew. Miriam knew. She knew what was coming. She knew victory was coming. And while everybody else was caught up in the silver and the gold, while everybody else was caught up and we better take care of ourselves, we better pack some bread, we better pack this or that. Oh, no, no, no. She said, listen, oh, I know what I gotta do because I know what's coming. And that's why I wonder, it doesn't say it, but I wonder when everybody else was fearful, when everybody else said, oh, the enemy's coming, we're surrounded by the enemy, they're gonna come kill us. I wonder if Miriam just wasn't just walking. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. I saw God do it before. I watched him do it before. I watched him. He saved my, he saved my brother. He saved my brother for this moment. He saved my brother for this moment. I've watched God's hand work. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be okay. I wonder if there's anybody this morning that you're wondering if it's gonna be okay. I wonder if there's anybody else this morning that says, yes, the enemy's surrounding me, but I want victory, Pastor. I want to praise. If there's anybody else, Brother Donald, anybody else want one? Anybody else got a shout of praise this morning? Come on, it might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. The battle is not yours it's the Lord's you just have to praise him for the victory that's coming come on somebody come on somebody this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles. Miriam knew. Do you know your victory's coming? Do you know your victory's coming? Do you know your healing's coming? Do you know your prodigals are coming home? Come on. Somebody praise him this morning with timbrel and with dance, with timbrel and with dance. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Anybody else? I want somebody. I want somebody. That's it, Brother Donald. You don't need music. Just go ahead and dance. Here, my heart, Brooks. God's been working on you. God's been doing some great things for you. Come on. Somebody just dance. The music's not going, but just dance. 
Just dance. Come on, with Timberland dance. That's all you need. Come on, we'll be victorious. But the enemy's saying, I don't care what the enemy's saying. God done spoke it. Victory's coming to you. Victory's in the house today. Come on, but God said, doesn't matter what the enemy's doing. God said, God said. <laughs>